Well, it seems like army boot camp in here this morning, honestly. What with you, your poor producer Sam sitting there sniffling away, going, I've got a cold. Oh, goodness sake, I've had to give him a tablet. The same one I gave Anthony Davis when he started his <laughs> cold. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you know, he's not well. Is he still not well? He's not well. I, I, I so sent him I, a text. Will I be back tomorrow? <laughs> I'm th- do you know, seriously, I think you will be. Because he's not 100%. He, he, said, he said a thing that saying he, he actually felt a bit better the other day. So then it's come back again. It's a virus. It's not like, you know, you can just cure something. Mm. It's not like okay. sort of producer. You can send her off somewhere hot, sit on a beach, you know, swim in the Pacific Ocean, hopefully drift out to sea on a leaf, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's coming, it keeps coming back. Oh dear, well, I better put myself on standby then. Yeah, I, I, I think you should. I, I mean, just great. to be on the safe side. I feel really sorry for him, because this is now week four. This, I mean, mm. this is kind of really bad for somebody who, whose voice is his, is his living. But it means you're getting to see me every single day, Steve. I know, and don't think I'm not thrilled. I'm also watching my cupboard being depleted I, on I a daily basis. Anything. I'm on a strict diet now. Really? Um, I, I am. This is exactly why I'm on a strict diet. I'm not allowed anything more from Can I hear something vibrating? Is that your phone? Oh, it's on silent, but that'll be my... I can hear it vibrating through the table this morning. Is it saying, there's a vehicle outside for you? Insured £650 a year. (laughs) That's why your... That's your insurance is is expensive, because you're... And if you... If if, if you tell them that you're a broadcaster, then that's why it's pricey. Because mine mine was... Yeah, mine's about £650, fully comp. uh, But it's ridiculous. I've got... got Nearly ten years, no claims. Yeah, which is supposed to be protected. He's never had an accident. Seen hundreds, <laughs> <laughs> mainly in his rear mirror. <laughs> oh look, and, there's and, another one. And floods of tears. Floods of <laughs> tears. No, but I, it's true. And and the only claims I've had have been other people's fault. And yeah. and basically, it's 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 half the value of the car. Yeah, I mean, it, the trouble it's is, ridiculous. you are at the mercy of them because nowadays, now it's all centralised. So the police can drive down the road, and in fact, all these little vehicles, and they just by clicking on a thing, your number comes up. They they, they can tell when your MOT runs out, tax your insurance and, tax, everything. everything. It's all on the same computer. So years ago, all these sort of bent uh, minicab drivers out there were driving around with a Guinness label in the front, yeah, and people going tax in post. It's illegal. You're not allowed to have a car on the road. Oh, do you know what? My tax has run out, though. I've just oh, remembered it? it was the... the well, be careful, because traffic wardens report a car. If they see it without a tax, they will report it, and they make you pay back tax, and then they charge you a penalty. And in Lambeth, they are so yeah. hot. But, and it's traffic wardens. I mean, luckily, the tra- most traffic wardens are not too bright, mm. so they don't understand that kind of thing. No, they're just looking... They're on their little bikes. They're just looking for the permit. Yeah, they're looking for the permit. And I've got a permit, thankfully. But, yeah. but you, must, you must get the uh, the tax tax. No, I will. I'll get that. OK. Because otherwise, you'll be, be, be sitting in front of a police car, and all of a sudden, that blue light comes on, and it's quicker than X-Lax. It really is. It works so <laughs> fast nowadays. You're going to go down the motorway and the blue light's on, and that's me done. <laughs> <laughs> Although sometimes I pray for the police to pull me. I really do. I remember driving home to my mum's one year, and she used to work, work for the police. And, uh, and all the police kept, they kept going past me. They'd gone, stop me, because I haven't had a drink. See, there was you, what, one of the rare occasions. One of those rare you occasions. You say that like it's a massive achievement. Well, sometimes I well done you. Got, got a small bar on the seat next to you. Now, what shall I have today? Vodka, gin, whiskey? I don't know. I think I'll have a creme de menthe. <laughs> Bentleys come with that, don't they? It's you standard. Come, comes with a man in the boot. With a man, lovely. Yeah. Actually, I, I was going to ask you, They we, we did a thing the other day briefly, and it was on Celebrity Coach Trip starts today. Oh, right, yeah. And they've got people like the Chuckle Brothers on, and they've got... got the guy from The Apprentice, Ra- Rafe Rafe, with his strange little friend Ben, who turned up in I'm a Celebrity, the Celebrity Big Brother house. Remember little posh Ben, who everybody thought oh. was camp as a, a row of tents, who turned up in Rafe's Christmas... Mm. Uh, sorry, in his, you've got me confused now. In his kitchen, cooking for him when Rafe did 
come dine with me using Mummy and Daddy's house. Oh. And Rafe is as camp as a row of boats. Maybe they had He had boots on. Mm. Sorry, he had uh, jeans on with cowboy boots, and the jeans were tucked into the cowboy boots. I mean, how camp is that? Nobody wears that kind of gear nowadays. No. And little Ben, also quite camp, was in the kitchen cooking for him. Oh, that's nice. That's nice... Were, but they're both going on coach least, trip. At least he wasn't singing for him. Yes, thank God for that. <laughs> they're going on coach trip because it said, and Ben, and I thought, who's Ben? And then somebody wrote in, a lady wrote in and said, he was the one on the Celebrity Big Brother who didn't do anything, just lay there go, oh, yeah, you know, like, you're, mm. you're. And I thought... I don't think you're interested in women, are you? For some reason, he's just—he's just too—he's too fey. He's, too, he's mm. too nothing. He's just one of these blokes, a bit like Rafe, who doesn't do anything. We're not an A one fan, then? No, not really. No, 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 no. no. Not, only because all these people must sit there and they get to thirty, and their mummies and daddies go, "Well, what are you going to do?" And mm. they go, well, "I don't know, mummy. I thought I'd just be on television." That's what that must have happened with Rafe. And that's maybe. what Rafe did because I mean, a total waste of bloody space. Mm. And Ben's an even bigger waste of space. He didn't, they can... he didn't win that show. Did no, he didn't. Get didn't anywhere near. Bloody useless. We kicked him out. He was like, rubbish. Fourth or something. Yeah. No, fourth but Rafe, rubbish. though, I'm talking about as well. Rafe didn't yeah. win the other one. So no. they both basically came quite They're badly. They're both in silly little shows. posh boys. Rafe's flat is obviously so awful that he couldn't take you back there for celebrity come dine with me. So we used Mummy and Daddy's Mayfair flat, which was tacky to say the least. A lot of naff china plates on the walls, and an elderly woman who cooked in the kitchen. And that was Ben. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Right. So, you, so I'll probably see you tomorrow. I mean, I don't think he's going to be back. OK, well... We I'll wish him better... Well, well, you know, I don't know what, what more I can say to him. OK. I'm trying not to let him talk. But anyway, you sleep well. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I think he's living in a tent. I think he's living in a tent on Leicester Square Green. Because, you, know, you know, we had the fun fair out the front of the building. Well, you know, surprisingly... It's gone. As I came in this morning, some of the lorries were going out. How they get them in and out of this square, God alone knows, but it was fantastic. And, uh, and they've gone. You would never know. It's like the circus. Comes into town, they set up, and then within a week or two weeks, they vanish. And all that's left is the sawdust ring. All that's left over here is a bit of grass that's been flattened. In fact, they actually leave it in a better condition, the showmen, than they do when they have these premieres and they flatten the, uh, the, uh, the grass uh, out there. Comes as no surprise to me, Christo. Comes as no surprise. I thought as much first time. First time, exactly. Yeah, oh, really? Oh, dear. Do you know, sometimes there are things we want to talk to you about, and sometimes there are things we don't want to talk to you about. <laughs> but we do want to talk to you about this one this morning, because it is the start today, and I feel as I'm leading the pack, for uh, Help a London Child. Now, all I can tell you about Help a London Child is that if you've heard all the trails this week on LBC, we're raising a lot of money by auctioning off various LBC presenters and various items. Now, Nick will kick it off officially later on this morning, but I'm just telling you now that I'm up for auction on Friday. I'm up for auction. You can bid for afternoon tea with me at Claridge's. It's for four people. And uh, so we're going to be looking for serif money. You know, we don't, it's no good phoning up, you know, later in the week going pound, you know, because it's just not going to cut it. So we're looking for some money because, frankly, I'm in competition with all the other people and I have to compete with Ken Livingston and people having breakfast with Nick and stuff like that. So I'm thinking tea at Claridge's for four people. I think you get the producer. Oh, I've got this horrible feeling she's in for the, for, the, for the ride. And it'll be a glass of champagne. 
She, she won't be sitting with us, that'll be all right. And, uh, and then there'll be sandwiches and cakes and stuff like that. So it'd be an opportunity of sitting down and having a nice couple of hours at Claridge's. So if you want to bid for that, it'll come up on Friday on the programme. But every day this week, starting today in Breakfast and in Drive, and they'll be mentioning it throughout the day, we've got some of these fabulous prizes. So it's your opportunity to bid for them. OK, so that's later on today. Apart from that, I hope you had a good weekend. Uh, I hope you watched The X Factor. And then you discovered, as indeed I did, that Cheryl was not wearing a poppy. Everybody else was wearing a poppy, except Cheryl. Shame on you. Shame on you, I'm afraid. I think that was absolutely disgraceful. You know, I don't want any feeble excuse about the dress wouldn't hold it, dear. You bloody well wear a poppy. Don't you dare sit on a television programme spending more time worrying about the way you look as opposed to the people you're mentoring, which turns out, according to the Sunday papers, not very much. Uh, and then uh, saying, oh, I'm not going to vote. It's just, you know it's fixed, this programme. Let's not beat around the bush here. You know it's cleverly put together. Don't for a minute think that anybody you like is going to win. It's going to be the person who's going to sell the albums for them. And the person who's actually getting the coverage is that that blonde, barking-as-a-mad brush thing who fell on the floor this week and, and did something on a bed, which is unspeakable. You know, they're, they're looking for people who get publicity. That's what Simon Cowell said. You know, and then the funny thing was, oh, do you see him getting angry at Connie Huck? <gasps> Connie Huck said, um, which, which ones do you think, something along the lines of, who, who do you think is just a, a one-trick pony? Or who hasn't got the, uh, the sort of the, uh, the nouse to go all the way? And Simon went, well, that's wrong. And they all, they all sort of jumped on her very quickly and said, no, that's not, you know, they've all got the, and I thought, yeah, of course you have. You're trying to look to make money out of this programme. And Connie Huck has just asked the question that everybody else is asking, you know, which ones do you think you're going to flog the most albums with and which ones are just here for the right? You're not going to flog anything with Wagner. He's just there as a silly little boy to prance up and down. It's like Anne Widdicombe, whichever way you look at it is not going to win Strictly Come Dancing. It's not going to happen. So, so that's why it's, it's very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. But uh, Cheryl did it, and then they all get... It's all contrived beforehand. You don't seriously think she sat there and thought of that by herself, do you? Simon runs the programme and says, right, OK, on this one, you abstain. And that's, that's how it will happen. And she'll then go, right, I'm, I'm not going to vote. And everybody go, boo, boo. She doesn't care. It's all part of the programme. That's what makes it. It's what makes the programme what it is. And that's why the record companies are falling over themselves to get people onto the programme to flog a record. So that's why you've got Take That and JLS. It's a great lineup, but all they're doing is selling records. It's, it's a free advert on ITV for three minutes. Imagine how much it would cost Take That to buy an advert on television in the middle of that programme and, and, and buy an advert selling, you know, your latest record. No, no, no. It's a free advert. That's what it is now. The, the X Factor's become a free advert. And so Take That have got it, JLS have got it. They're all, they're all, all the groups go on there, and they all go on because it's a free advert. And they do very well at it, very well. Do you remember the old brass who, uh, who slept with uh, uh, Wayne Rooney for 1,200 quid? Apparently she's been at it again with another footballer. Uh, she apparently sent topless snaps to the Newcastle skipper Kevin Nolan. God, she really is disgusting, isn't she? I mean, you know, you, you can't blame her. Poor old slapper. She's got nothing else in her life. She's got to do that. Like, everybody agreed with me over the weekend. I was so delighted when we talked about silly little girl's blouse, Jason Manford, uh, who, if he appears on the, X Fact, on the uh, one show today, it'll be very interesting. Because he, he was doing his comedy show the other day, and he came on, he said, oh, it's been a hell of a week, but at least the wife's forgiven me. The wife, he, they've already got two children, she's now expecting the third, after he's... Uh, 
confronted this girl and said, go on, send us pictures of your boobs. And eventually she sort of relents and sends them because she's that sort of girl. The wife's forgiven him. Better to be Mrs Jason Manford than, who are you, love? Oh, used to be with... Oh, him. Dirty boy, dirty boy. 16 past five. These are the headlines. David Cameron will spell out his four-year blueprint to reform the civil service later. Expected to be top of the agenda at cutting red tape across Whitehall and making departments more accountable to the public. The July the 7th inquest will begin to examine evidence from the bombing at Edgware Road later. Danny Biddle, who is the most seriously injured survivor of the attacks, will be the first witness. And Qantas says it's found slight anomalies in some engines powering its flagship A380 Super Jumbos. This means they'll be grounded for longer than expected after a mid-air blowout last week. Engineers say they found oil where there shouldn't be on three of the engines. Let's have a check on the uh, roads for you this morning. Rachel Hardiman. This morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Hello. Do you know there's a girl who's been living at the Ritz? I mean, here's a strange one. I've got a feeling this story could build. I like to feel that I'm in at the beginning of it, but I, I cannot take credit. The Sun take credit for this story this morning. There is a girl. She's an IT consultant for BP. OK. Uh, she's been living at the Ritz... For three years. Three years. Her name is Nilu Madani. She's 31. She's been staying in a junior suite at the Ritz, which costs £815 a night, for three years. So far, her stay, according to the Sun, will have cost £860,000. OK, now think about this. Following a luxury breakfast... She's taken to the BP office in Sunbury, in Middlesex, in a chauffeur-driven Range Rover. She's thought to earn more than 150000 a year. Strangely enough, when she was first asked, she denied living at the London Hotel. When asked how she could afford the room, she said, maybe I have a rich dad, it's none of your business. Insiders said last night, BP did not pay the tab. Well, how do you afford it, darling? £860 a night, and you're on about 150, even 200,000 a year. How are you affording this bill? It's very interesting. Insider said BP didn't pay the tab, but it will cause embarrassment for the company. It's causing embarrassment for her, I should imagine. She'll be there having breakfast this morning and then having the chauffeur driven car all the way out to Sunbury. But she's been living there for three years, and she's only 31. She doesn't even dress as if she's going to work as a power dresser. I'm looking at her here, coming out for work, pair of jeans, cashy type top. And I'm thinking, how do you afford to stay there? I mean, you know, perhaps she's got a rich fuck, but she was quite rude. She says, maybe I have a rich dad, it's none of your business. Ooh, little madam, aren't we? Well, I tell you what, the fatal thing to say to the press is it's none of your business, because that's when they make it their business. The worst thing you can ever say is, off, because they're going to jump on you like a ton of bricks. Actually, talking of jumping on people like a ton of bricks, there was a piece in the paper today, and it was, it was talking about the, uh, the X Factor, which we do like. We do. I mean, don't, don't ever get me wrong. I absolutely love the X Factor, and, and I love some of the, uh, the comments from the celebrity panel. Louis was described the other day as looking like a young Liberace. I don't know what we're supposed to read into that one, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, some of the comments in the papers, and I can't remember which paper they, they put it in. It was either... It, that's right. This, the, these are some of the comments by the judges on The X Factor over the last couple of nights. Louis Walsh telling Paige, you're like a little Lenny Henry. What? 
You're like a little Lenny Henry. What? Because she is black. Is that it? No, he meant Lenny Henry. I mean, what a bizarre thing to say. His inspired analysis of boy band One Direction, you remind me of a little bit of Westlife and take that. Yeah. <laughs> Dermot O'Dreary's Paxman-esque grilling of Katie Wasel asking, how important is it for you to be here next week? As the sun say, uh, sorry, the mirror, what? Katie Wasel, shameless fame seeker who cries at card tricks, I think we can safely say quite important. Simon Cowell telling crybaby Katie, I like the fact you're not a whinger. Hello? Quote of the week, Mary, the only one that can win this for you is you. And the only one who can stand in your way is you. This is barking off the middle of the scale, Danny Minogue. She does talk rubbish, doesn't she? Uh, let down of the week. Cher Lloyd's version of New York State of Mind. Not so much Alicia Keys, more Bonnie Langford. I mean, it is rich, but it's the Louis Walsh telling Paige, you're like a little Lenny Henry. That's a little bit of a strange one there, isn't it, Louis? We couldn't quite get to grips with that one at all, but, uh, but I'm, I'm trying to work it out. I'm hoping it's because you, you got the names mixed up. That's probably what the answer will be. But I'm still coming to terms with, I'm afraid, Cheryl not wearing a poppy. Bad mark there, Cheryl, I'm afraid. But you're going down in my estimation. You, you, you never disappointed. I always knew what you were. You're just now proving it. But the most touching picture of the week, and it's going to be Jack dying, I'm afraid, as you know, because he talked about it to us. And uh, he's going to die in the same chair. But they're bringing back Vera. Not a hologram. She's actually come back and it's filmed. And uh, she'll be there as he, as he dies. He will see her in the room. And uh, she will kiss him and she'll go, come, come on, love, come on. And uh, there'll, be, there'll be a lot of wet eyes all over the place. I'll tell you for why. I mean, you're going to cry now, aren't you? I can tell. I'm practically welling up at the moment. And I never well up at 22 minutes past. Uh, in the, but he, he's going to sit there and she's going she's to walk in the room. And uh, she's going to talk to him about coming through to the other side. And to be honest with you, when, when we talk to, uh, to Bill, it was, it's, it's, it's very, very touching. It's going to be a piece of music. And it's Matt Munro, one of my favourite singers, with a lovely song called Softly As I Leave You. And I promise you, it's, they're, they're really going to milk it. And she's going to help him get out of the chair as he, as he fades away. So, got all the hairs on your arms standing on end, doesn't it? Look at that. It's amazing what you can achieve on the radio first thing in the morning. Very touching. But he was, he was really nice, actually. And as I said during the interview, and you must podcast it, I said, he's a nice... People like him. You know why? Because he doesn't go out, he doesn't swear, he just, you know, he goes... He, he's, he's not well, but he still smokes. That's the only thing I would have to take him to task for, because you want him to live for a long, long time. Uh, the other thing, and I completely forgot until the end of yesterday's programme, is that on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, apart from reading about the fabulous prizes for Help a London Child, there are some new photos from the Los Angeles trip. And they went on there yesterday, and it wasn't until I got to the end of the show, at about three minutes to ten, I said to went, oh, because I had a how low. And I completely forgot... That, that the photos have gone up. So I didn't mention it till the end of the programme, so I'm hoping that we're going to see the graph going at the end of yesterday's programme at about 10 o'clock in the morning because the photos went up. There's about an extra 20 or 30 photos which have gone up for uh, Los Angeles. So if you saw the first ones, and I know a couple of you had a quick sneaky peek, there's, uh, there's another load of them uh, in there. So, uh, so go and check them out, lbc.co.uk. Ronan Keating and his wife Yvonne are to set up a new life in Australia. Um, they've actually thought about it. I think because the press over there is somewhat different. 
I suspect probably over there you could have an affair and they wouldn't bother writing about it in the paper because it's so big the cunt nobody gives a toss. But uh, a friend says uh, of his uh, wife Yvonne, if it means relocating, she'll do it. Family's everything to her. It's a shame that Ronan doesn't think the same, darling, isn't it? It's a shame that, you know, not just a one-night stand, a seven-month stand he cheated on her. Seven months. I mean, it's just... Just absolutely poorly. But, you know, if people can get back together, good luck. I'd have taken them for every penny I could get. I'm sorry, I'd have been very bitter about it. Cheat with that old slapper. Right, that's it. To Into court, straight away. Take all the money. Because, let's face it, it takes two to tango. So, all these women who get... There's one at the moment, there's the football manager, Arsene Wenger, and he's got a, a bit on the side in Paris who thought seriously and stupidly in her tiny little mind that Arsene Wenger, married, is going to leave the wife and move in with her. No, no, dear. That's what men do. They have affairs and they tell lies. I really love you. Are you going to leave your wife? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get round to it. When? Soon, soon. They don't want to. The only reason men cheat is because they can and there's available women like that. That's the only reason that men, men cheat. They only do it. You know, if somebody went, I'm going to cut that little thing off between your legs, they wouldn't do it. But they cheat. And then, because it's, it's a bit of the other side of the fence. And then if they go, do you want to move in with me? No, it doesn't really become exciting then, does it? That, 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 that's like having, having S-E-X outdoors or doing it in an aeroplane. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the thought that you could get caught. Our people manage it in aeroplanes. I've got no idea. I really cannot... There's constant activity up and down the corridors. How all of a sudden two of you nip into the loo? I've got... I really... I, I don't know. And so that's why. So she thinks he's going to move in without realising, because she's obviously a bit dumb, that if he moves in with her and ditches the wife, he's going to cheat on her as well, because that's where he gets his kicks. Men, men get the kick out of, out of the cheating bit. So, anyway, uh, she, she's now been signed off work with stress. Pathetic, isn't it? And close friends are saying she might be pregnant. God, do spare us, do spare Oh, look, here he is, nearing death. Yes, Ronnie Biggs. Goes to the cash point. This is Ronnie Biggs. He's going to die within days, you know. He's going to die within days. Here we are. What is it, a year on now? Yeah, at least a year on and living at our expense. Wizened old crook that he is. You know, and the son. He's, listen, let him out on compassionate grounds. Let him out. Well, he's still clinging on. In fact, he was so fit, he's able to go to the cash point yesterday. And then they wheeled him into the pub. This is after, you remember, his uh, legal adviser... Uh, Giovanni Di Stefano said at the time he would not be heading for a drink. He said in court, this man is ill, he's going to die, he's not going to any pub. Here's Ronnie going to the pub, hello! A, mir- a miracle, Stefano, isn't it, Giovanni? I mean, it's absolutely, my God, it's like the second coming. It really is. Here's Ronnie, my gee, he looks as though he's about to peg it. But uh, off into the pub, with his carer pushing him. We're paying for it, ladies and gentlemen. We're paying for it. Oh, and here she is. Do you remember the... I told you the story of the ten-year-old? Uh, the ten-year-old and her thirteen-year-old boyfriend. She's up the duff and she's just had a baby. And here they are in Romania. They're part of the, uh, travelling families, where apparently it's quite normal to have sex at ten years old. This country and anywhere else they call it paedophilia. Over in Romania they call it normal. Her mother can't understand why people in other countries are getting overexcited about the fact that a ten-year-old will be having sex. This one was having sex at nine. I don't know what you call it. I call it filthy perverts. You've probably got your own name for it. Over there, they go, it's quite normal. I don't think so, darling. It's a nine-year-old. This is called perverted. The father, of course, is off with somebody else now. He's 13, so he's practically an adult, you know. But uh, he's having sex with more eight and nine-year-olds. But that's perfectly normal over there. Please, God, they don't come here. I tell you, there'll be hangings in the street, ladies and gentlemen. News coming up. (laughs) 
28 minutes to six. Morning, everybody. Monday morning. It's so lovely when you see the Saturdays and they all interview them and they're all like best friends. I saw them being interviewed the other day on, might have been the X Factor or something like that. And they're all best friends and we just talk to each other all the time. I thought, well, you will be able to when you're stacking the shelves. Because here's a lovely little picture of Frankie Sanford wearing her dressing gown uh, outside where the photographers are. It's great, isn't it? I mean, it must be so desperate. I bet they're earning nothing. Nothing. I bet not not a penny piece at the moment. But anyway, she, she's going out with Dougie from McFly, who probably have made a load of money. So uh, best to be with somebody, Frankie, than... And just another girl in a girl band, I'm afraid. Because watching you all together is... I don't know, we, we, we seem to have this air of desperation in this country now. We put together all these groups. Like we managed to get rid of um, the one on the X Factor, Bellamy. I mean, that's the last you'll see of them. They, they all have their, their five minutes. And then they go, yeah, we're definitely going to release a single. And you think, who with? You didn't win the competition. Nobody's going to be interested. You know, I mean, they, they weren't that good anyway. Then you've got those other silly girls who are really quite elderly called Lola. I mean, looking like, you know, the, the, the Essex rejects, I'm afraid. Actually, we did have a good time at Essex on Saturday. Went down to, for fireworks in a little village called Morton. I think it was called Morton. I can't remember half the time. And they were really, really good. I mean, absolutely fantastic. Loved it to pieces. Uh, pictures of the paper today of uh, Beckham's boys. David looking really miserable again. He spends his life looking miserable. They went out to a, a skate park They've got a big house over there. Obviously, you'd think the parents would have built them a skate park. The trouble is, they don't own the house. It's rented. People rent in America. You know, very few people actually own houses. And so they go out there. And, of course, there are photographers, so they take pictures. So David looks at them like, what are you taking pictures of my kids for? It's because you hawk them around everywhere, David. They're only children. Doesn't make any difference. Let's face it, you love the publicity. Why, why not? Makes no difference at all. Don't we all have a good laugh. We look at the kids and go, yeah, they're nice. Seem well-adjusted. Parents never seem to be there at all. You know, occasionally you get a picture of them on a Wednesday. Wednesday is their day together, which I like. I like the idea. I see police in Portugal are ready to reopen the hunt for Madeleine McCann. Seems like a waste for me, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think they're going to uh, achieve very much on that one. And apparently, ever since it was mentioned in the papers, uh, the McCanns have now had 26,000 people supporting their petition. We're in a country of 66 million, and only 26,000 of you apparently are in support. So I call that very pitifully poor, I'm afraid. And um, police have, in Portugal, the, 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 the people over here have said, listen, I don't really know what we can do. I'm really not sure what we can do. You know, you've spent 1.7 million and you haven't achieved anything. Why do you think we can achieve something where you've had all the time in the world and you haven't got anything at all? No leads, just a few barking people who turn up and say they saw somebody in a restaurant in here and they saw this girl here. And that. It's all rubbish. It's all just rubbish. We can all go out there and go, oh, yes, I've just seen a little blonde girl in Leicester Square. Does that mean we then cordon off Leicester Square and start checking CCTV? No, of course we don't because it's three years on, and uh, much as though you sympathise with them, mainly from your emails, most of you seem to have said, a good 95, 6% of you have said, had they not walked off in the first place and left her by herself with her, with her little brother and sister, then maybe this wouldn't have happened. Well, in fact, it wouldn't have happened. You'd have brought in a babysitter. You'd have said, listen, we're going over there. Can we have a babysitter sitting in the room? can't believe there aren't any babysitters around nowadays, but I suppose, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, also... Bit of a rumpus going on at the BBC. Because when they went on strike the other day, a number of people broke strike and went in there to cover shifts, uh, including Emma Crosby, 
And uh, a lot of people actually uh, walked out. A lot of the main presenters, if they were NUJ members, they walked out. If they weren't NUJ members, they actually came in. There were a few NUJ members who did stay on and work, which meant that they broke strike. Now, to be honest with you, I couldn't care either way. I really couldn't care less. I know because years ago, LBC had a history of strike action. We had a very, very, very powerful uh, NUJ and ACTT uh, membership here. So I remember one time we, we came in and the, all the engineers, because in those days you had engineers and you had producers, the engineers drove the programme, they were on shifts, and they walked out on strike. Not only did they walk out on strike, but they never spoke to us. So the person who the day before you'd be going, hi Pete, how are you? Next day they wouldn't talk to you, because they're standing on a picket line outside the front door, you know, and, and as you walked in, there's, they all turned their backs. It became really ridiculous, absolutely ludicrous. The other, the other problem that we had, being a radio station with a fairly large, in those days, NUJ membership, if another little radio station up in, say, Bognor Regis, with two NUJ members, had a problem, we had to come out and strike in sympathy with them. So we were striking for people we never even knew. And the whole thing just became a little bit silly. So uh, in those days... And I can remember, actually, at one time, we had to do a programme. Poor old Doug Cameron had to do a show from, from Gough Square. And it was in the middle of winter, and there was a brazier there, and they had to go outside, they had microphones and everything else, because they couldn't go into the building, because there was nobody to drive it. So management came in and drove. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, 84850, uh, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Chris says, it's 5.30, and I'm sat at my desk working from home in Manchester. God dear. The millionaire's playground of Manchester. I know Manchester quite well, actually. I stayed in a hotel up there, which, is, which was dreadful, and it was Malmaison. And the reason I didn't like it is I don't like modern hotels. I like old, traditional. I stayed in a big, old, traditional hotel in Manchester when Dale and I went up there years and years ago. And then we stayed in Malmaison. I couldn't bear it. It was all black and dark, and cre- you couldn't tell where the wall finished and the bathroom door was. I don't, you know, places like I don't like that at all. Uh, Roger in Devon says, I'm pleased to tell you that the mother of all storms is heading your way. We have been warned, and I mention it now, just so that later on today you don't go, well, you never told us. They're saying that storms will batter this country. It's going to start either down, down, way down where they are in Devon, or up north. It's going to come in. There's going to be snow in Scotland. And this one is going to affect you. There's going to be driving rain. So my advice is, take an umbrella today, because at some point it's going to rain. The other thing is, if you've got stuff outside, like garden umbrellas or whatever else, or kids talk, bring them in. Put them in the shed. If you've got an umbrella in the garden, tie round it so the wind doesn't get underneath and whip it up, because it's, it's going to be bad. So uh, you have been warned, OK? You have been warned. Uh, Graham says, all this rubbish about the X Factor is getting tedious. They're just trying to turn it into a soap opera. Well, it's working. It's working as a soap opera. Uh, Cheryl wore a dress poppy on her right wrist. I'm having a look at the uh, at the pictures, and oh, wait, typically she's got her hands behind her back in that one. Uh, haven't seen it here. I did look very carefully, actually. If it was on the wrist, then uh, then I'm prepared to backtrack. One of those rare occasions. Uh, and here she, on her right wrist. Oh, typically, you can't see, it's the only wrist you can't see on here on the pictures. You can see her left wrist, I can't see the right one. But anyway, we, we have got rid of Tracy, and we've, and we've kept that barking one, Katie. You know why? Because she gets the publicity and Tracy doesn't. That's the only reason. Um, another one here. Of course the X Factor is contrived, Steve. I said from the beginning, One Direction will win because they're fashionable and marketable. Well, every day there is one of them, it's the same one who takes his clothes off 
And yesterday on ITV2, was it ITV? Yeah, he was walking across the back of the set, stark naked, but the boys had all, one held up a book, one held up a picture, they, they did something else, and it, but he takes his clothes off every day. And of course, that's what all the little girls are looking for, isn't it? You know, constantly these boys are lifting up their shirts and doing all that. I know because I've got a 12-year-old who does exactly the same. He keeps saying, Nathan, pull your trousers up. Pull your trousers up. And then he said something which I can't repeat on the programme. But it was very funny. And you think, it's, they're at that age where they just want to show each other the top of their pants. And you've got to have fashionable pants. Unfortunately, at my age, chill-proof air techs are not fashionable. Nobody wants to see pants like that and pants with holes in and stuff like that. And I say it's to get the air circulating. I've got pants with holes. Well, air techs pants. Because they're very nice. And they're, 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 they're actually what I call my Bridget Jones pants. And I wear that. Some people have got lucky pants. <laughs> right. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to go out and go, I won the lottery. Because I'm wearing my lucky pants. Just for it. It's like Anne Whittacombe is wearing her lucky bra. Lucky that her boobs don't touch the ground and drag around. Because she needs to wear a proper one. But, uh, but she, they, they now called her a flapper the other day. Well, that's what they've said in the papers. And, and again, it's, it's just turned into a joke. Jimmy Mystery was voted out. And he said, you know, much as I like her... This programme is not about dancing. Because if it was about dancing... It's like, you go to a circus. If you went to see a juggler, and they went... And the balls fell... You'd be going, you're not a juggler. You'd be going, yeah, I am. Well, the balls are supposed to stay in the air. And they'd go, so? And that, that's my only argument. I don't have any problem with anything else. I'm just thinking. If it's a singing competition, I expect them to sing. That's why you got rid of that... Uh, we have to get rid of Wagner very quickly. Because he can't sing. He can't do anything. He's a rather stupid waste of space. And again, this country and the newspapers build somebody up... You know, very shortly there's going to be something in his life which is going to emerge, and you're going to go, Ugh. And then, you know, and, uh, and it's going to happen. It's going to do the rounds all over again, I'm afraid. Which is a shame. Tyrone says, you've made me cry. Oh, good. I like it I make people cry. I like that. Thinking about Jack and that song. Love the interview with Bill yesterday, lying in bed with a poor liver at St George's Hospital, waiting for my operation. Is that drink? Is that drink with a poor liver? Is it? Mind you, at least you get the operation today. That's quite good, isn't it? There was a guy the other day on the television. They did one of these 24-hour programme things, and he was in hospital. And he drunk, 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 drunk. And they said to him, uh, because they have to make a decision. If you're going in for an operation, if it's a... I don't know what your operation is, but if it's, uh, if it's a liver operation, they then have a consultation meeting on the Monday morning, and they decide who's going to get the, the liver. And there was one guy there, and all the consultants sit round... And they go, right, now on to, you know, Tweedledee or Tweedledum. And they go, well, he's a very bad drinker. Even if we did give him a liver, um, there's very little doubt that the operation would be that successful. And it's as hard and it's as cut and thrust as that. And I sat there thinking, this man's not going to see this decision. They all sit around in the room and they go, I don't think uh, it would benefit from giving him a liver. So they go... OK, right, on to the next one. And that was it. That was the end of his consultation. So the consultant then goes back to him, and this man's in a, in a bed, and he goes, listen, I'm, I'm sorry to say that they've said no to the operation because of the risks involved. And they spell it out. What, what, what they're basically saying is, listen, you've completely knackered your liver. We're not going to waste money because it's not going to do anything for you. But somebody who maybe hadn't drunk as much will benefit more. I think something like two weeks later, he was dead. So the, the operation wouldn't have benefited. So if you get the operation, you know that that's your, your chance and you don't screw it up again because it's, it's kind of a big deal. You know, it's like me and smoking and hardening of arteries and stuff like that. I'd be a fool to smoke again. Absolutely a fool. I wouldn't smoke again. 
You know, I just wouldn't. Occasionally think about it, and I think, oh, I don't know, perhaps just one one cigarette or something. But then I think, no, no, no. And I'm amazed that I, I can live without it, because I always thought I was fairly weak. <laughs> I thought if anybody was going to crack, I would be the one. You know, would you like a cigarette? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a, a poor family here. You know what, the, the, the two of the most thieved items in the country. Firstly, push chairs. More push chairs get thieved than anything else. £60 million a year of pushchairs. That's why they, they turn up at markets and at uh, car boot sales. And you'll see somebody with two or three pushchairs. You have to ask yourself the question, where'd you get those from? Answer, thieved. Simple as that. £60 million. You know why? Because pushchairs are big business. They're big business. An average pushchair is about £200 now because they're, no, they're this one, there's, you know, not, not Norton, something like that. They all sound very posh. They sound like racing cars. Some of them, some of the really nice ones, are five, six hundred pounds. So you can understand why. You push it around, you go into a shop, you come out, and it's gone. Because somebody's thieved it. The other thing people thieve, caravans. Now, far be it from me to suggest what sort of person would want to nick a caravan, but it wouldn't be me, caravans. Caravans are the most thieved thing. And here is a, a couple who go away, they come back, their caravan's been nicked from their drive. It's gone. So their son, who's about seven or eight, goes on to Google Earth and they see the man stealing their caravan on the drive. And here he is, turning up on a four-by-four. He gets out. This is at 9.30 in the morning. Obviously, quite clearly, they don't get on with their neighbours. And this bloke hitches up their caravan and drives off with it. Now, when I say, who would steal a caravan, it certainly wouldn't be me. It certainly wouldn't be her next door. We're not going to steal caravans. Who nicks caravans? Answer, this bloke here. So be warned, if you see caravans pelting down the, uh, the motorway and they're driven by somebody in a 4x4 four four, and they're always by themselves, you have to think to yourself, is that your caravan or have you just stolen it? We see them on police camera action all the time and I, I love looking at them. I'm always very pleased by things like that. Very, very funny. Uh, other stores, sorry, other stories, uh, poppies. Don't forget to buy your poppy. Don't forget to buy your poppy. Put it this way, for the sake of a pound or two pounds, and they, 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 they'll accept more, give them. Because if it, if it wasn't for those people who gave their lives, you wouldn't be here today. So what you give is cheap. If you only value your life at a pound, then give a pound. If you think your life's worth a fiver, then you give a fiver. And if you think that you can change somebody's life, you help a London child. And that's what we're doing all this week on LBC. <laughs> News headlines, the Prime Minister will spell out his four-year blueprint to reform the civil service later. Cutting red tape across Whitehall and making departments more accountable to the public are expected to be top of the agenda when David Cameron briefs around 200 staff. A first-time buyer in London now needs to earn at least £100,000 to buy an average-priced home, valued at £363,000. Research from the National Housing Federation shows people will still need a salary of £50,000, even if they opted for one of the cheaper 25% of properties. The Qantas fleet of A380 Super Jumbos will remain grounded for a few more days after engineers found some oil deposits in three of their engines. Chief Executive Alan Joyce says none of the planes will fly again until they're sure it's safe after an engine burst in the air last week, prompting an emergency landing. Let's have a check on the roads getting there nice and quickly this Monday morning. It's around podcasts. Go to lbc.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Thank you very much indeed. 12 to uh, 6. Don't forget to podcast. Uh, a lot of people writing in saying, when do we get here, Julie Andrews? The answer is Boxing Day. Don't worry, I'll remind you every day up until Boxing Day and also the podcast of the, uh, of the trip as well to Los Angeles. There's another trip coming up. Uh, Noreen wrote in and said, 
It's not, it's not Michael Crawford, is it? <laughs> it's not. She says, if it is, can I hide in Amanda's handbag and come along? <laughs> what, with the amount of food you've been eating recently? I don't think so. It was lovely what you said, read Dave D. I often play that in conversation. He was a lovely guy. And she says, really enjoyed that, remembers me. Immaculate timing, re Mervyn Con. I saw the Finsbury Park Beatles show with Rolf Harris, Billy J. Kramer, the foremost, Silla. Uh, and then we saw PJ Proby, who you also spoke about on Saturday night. And we're booking for February to see him in Potter's Bar. <laughs> you see, it's amazing the things that come up. Even Bryn Williams, but in an Annie, wrote in. And he remembers Mervyn Con very, very well indeed. And uh, so, you know, good, good memories all round. Uh, James Hilton... Says, I bet you don't remember me. Of course I remember you. Goodness sake. He was part of the St Albans crew from the weekend night extra days from a long, many, many... I was much younger. I was about 12, I think, or 13. And uh, they were all out there in St Albans, and we went out and we had parties and we had picnics and all got together. So I remember very well. He says, I'm still dabbling in radio, but live in Derbyshire, and I'm working as a primary school teaching assistant. Good grief, you see. All these people from a long time ago, and then they pop and they go, good heavens above, you're still there, Stephen, still only 39. 38, 38, I'm at the moment. Uh, Coming up with Nick Ferrari. It's the new plans which could force people claiming job seekers allowance to do unpaid manual labour due to be unveiled this week. I noticed the government have been very careful and said people could have their benefits cut. I'll be interested to see how many. And he wants to know, Nick, that is, if this is the answer to Britain's benefits culture. Uh, Plus, it's Help a London Child, supporting young carers. I remember speaking to a lady years and years ago. She was a a regular... LBC listener, and uh, she cared for her mother. And at the same time, she had a mastectomy. And she came in and she was sort of saying, you know, I've got to look after my mum. I've got to do that. And it's, but some of the, the, these carers are as young as six, six years old. I've seen them on the television, some very, very young people who get up in the morning. And I think Noel, on his great Christmas present programme, actually had a, a young girl there. And she had to get up and look after both her parents one of whom was blind and the other was disabled, and she got them up in the morning, she got their breakfast. She was only, like, 14. And she did this every day, seven days a week, before she then had to go to school. So it's for these people. that, with, Because at some point in your life, you're going to need somebody like that. I keep reminding myself every on a daily basis that it's perhaps going to happen sooner than later for me. But uh, looking at the papers this morning, Margarita Taylor an ambassador for Help a London Child, and, of course, a classic FM presenter, just here. Uh, plus today... Uh, they're going to be looking, as it is the Help a London Child auction, a day in the life of a, of a young carer, and loads of other things. And what's happened to London's Christmas lights? Has anything happened to London's Christmas lights? I think we've got them around here, haven't we? And they're going to be talking to Alan Craig, who is the uh, leader of the Christian People's Alliance, a fringe party whose policies are drawn from the Bible, especially the life and teaching of Jesus Christ. What's that going to do with Christmas lights? Do they, do they not have... They must have had Christmas sort of candles everywhere, didn't they? That's why it's called... Isn't it Christmas, Christmas Mass? I think the whole thing is all to do with... Although Julie Peascott told us something interesting. You know she did the advert for all those candles, and this year we've gone all Christmassy with spiced apple. Do you remember those adverts with Julie Peascott? She's not allowed to say Christmassy this year. This year we've gone all festive. Because Christmassy apparently is offensive to some people. Who? Who's offended by somebody saying Christmas? You don't like it. Bugger off, as far as I'm concerned. I get really angry with things like that. Really, really angry. So they've got to say, this year we've gone all festive. How balmy is that? Uh, other stories in the paper today. There's another fridge. 
that's still going strong from 1947. I was tempted to read this story because I remember a story in the paper that occurred some time ago of somebody who was running um, a light bulb, which has still been going for donkey's years. It turned out it was a made-up story to try and draw uh, attention to green issues. And they found some woman here with a fridge from 1947. Yeah, right. I mean, who cares what you've got? For... I'll just put it down to the fact you're mean and tight because you won't buy another fridge. I mean, 1940, I've never had a fridge that's lasted that long. But I bet you there's somebody listening who's got an iron that's gone since 1820. You know, but ain't broke, says a She's the kind of person. She's still got the same vacuum cleaner. She's, she's got to have two people to pump it up and down to get the suction going. And then she goes... Like that. She's going... Yeah. You don't have carpet, do you, love? She's she's very kind. She, she bought one of those Jocasta Innocent books on how to sort of decorate your flat without actually using anything apart from a paint pot. So she's painted it. So she's got a fridge, you know, and all these other things. Budgery gar. It's quite exciting. She's quite happy with it. None of it's real, of course. Uh, Jenny was the one who told me about Celebrity Big Brother and Ben, who's the very good friend of Rafe. And Ben was on Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, no, we've got a birthday to celebrate a little bit later on. Celebrating your birthday today. I wish you many, many happy returns. Uh, a birthday from last Wednesday. Lucy, happy 7th, from Andy, Zoe and Olivia in Wellin in Hertfordshire. Seven years old. Cool. Dear. Older than my youngest, who's coming up six and seems to be asking all the right questions now. Uh, Nicholas says, did you see uh, Prince Andrew saying that people in the Ministry of Defence need to get off their fat backsides? He said, as he looked in the mirror recently, very cruel, I, th- I thought it was a, a ploy by Land Rover. I thought it was to get themselves some, some publicity. And uh, another birthday, which we'll do the other side of the news. Uh, plus, of course, we take all your texts and emails. 84850 steve at uk. Let me just remind you again, I don't want you to think you've just woken up, that it's going to be a nice sunny day. That was apparently yesterday, but freezing cold. I went to London Zoo. I've just joined as a fellow which is uh, very good. I think something like £99, and that'll get you and a partner in for a year for free to there and to Whipsnade, and you can go and watch the, uh, the conservation programme that they've got. They've got a new baby gorilla at London Zoo, which is teeny tiny, really teeny tiny. But the forecast today, the Met Office are now warning of severe gales and heavy rain. 50 miles an hour. Heavy rain as well before brighter conditions follow, along with more scattered heavy showers. Currently, it's 10 degrees centigrade. Uh, that's what it's going to reach as the high today. Currently, 6 degrees. Tonight, cloudy, occasional showers, strong wind continuing. Tomorrow, another cloudy and cold day. Outbreaks of rain, strong winds again. And Wednesday, more heavy rain showers. Thursday, grey and overcast. Friday, clear and sunny. But the best temperature you're going to get this week is 11. But today... I'm afraid it's severe gales and heavy rain. So you have been warned. It's a case of, come on, kids, batten down the hatches. Just when you think after the week, you know, you always get to the, uh, the Monday. And you don't, I know you don't like Monday anyway. Although I don't, I don't mind Monday. I don't have a problem with it. I look forward to Monday. I'm one of these odd people, I'm afraid. Some people go, oh, I can't bear Monday. And I go, oh, I quite like Monday. Because there's generally going to be stories in the, in, in the papers. And, uh, and, I, and I sort of sit there thinking, oh, I'm so glad I'm working today. And still... We're waiting for Anthony Davis to get better. But this virus will not go away. It really will not go away. And he's had it now. This is week four. Week four, poor soul. And I know he's, he's, he's probably listening at the moment, probably lying there thinking, oh, it's just so annoying. Because you remember I had that, uh, that, that cough and uh, I couldn't get rid of that. And he, he's, he's blaming me, of course, for the whole thing. I mean, I'm just really being hung out to dry on this one. And I've said, listen, I worked with loads of people that day. I had the cough for a couple of days and didn't go at all. 
and, and didn't pass it on to anybody else except him, but he can't get rid of it. He's tried He's seen four specialists now. You'd think that nowadays... I'd, yeah, and the producers are going, oh, yeah, yeah, luckily you didn't give it to anybody else, Steve, which is quite good. Yeah, it's very nice of her to say so. So, luckily, everybody uh, was fine around me except Anthony, so I don't think so. Uh, Matt Cardle did his The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face. Now, he's done that song before. He did it for his opening song, for his audition. And uh, it's got a special meaning, and apparently, here we go, because this is what they need on The X Factor. Did anybody die? Yes. And that's why he sung it, and it was his mother, Jennifer, cared for her best friend, Sharon's four sons, after she died. So that was... Thank goodness for that. You know, because you worry, and that's why every time I see that Peter Kay programme... Was it the Peter Kay one? Who, who did the thing about the X Factor, or was it somebody else? Yeah, and it was it was so funny, because it was everything about X Factor. P- people who can't sing, and then they go, oh, what, your grand's died. Fantastic! Fantastic! An act in a wheelchair. Come on, bring them on, bring them on! And Peter Kay is currently doing his sell-out night down at the O2. Be warned, he swears. Which does come as a bit of a shock to some people. As I said last week, my uh, my friend Helena took some of her customers, and one, one particular lady... <laughs> Was a, was a Christian woman who hasn't watched television for some time and said, and my friend said, oh, does, does, I'm going to take you down to see Peter Kay. We have a box at the O2. And she went, oh, that's nice. Would it, it, would it, would it be suitable? And she went, oh, yes, yes, yes. So they go down there and Peter Kay walks on and the first thing he says, he swears. So <laughs> this woman has to go and sit at the back of the box. So just be warned, if you're of a nervous disposition, there are some rude words in it. Steve, what happened to last year's X Factor winner, Joe... Joe, I know, I can't remember either. Joe, it'll come to me later. Steve Allen, LBC 97.3. We've got uh, great offers for you to bid for. You can have, uh, I think one of them is Breakfast with Nick. You can go to London Zoo with uh, Ken Livingston. And uh, culminating on Friday at about 6.15, we'll open up the lines and you can bid for afternoon tea at Claridge's with me. How cool is that? Uh, And for four of you. It's a four of you. Afternoon tea, you can have a glass of champagne and um, sandwiches and cakes and everything else, which would be quite nice. And the money goes to help a London child. So it's going for a, a good, good cause. And they'll tell you all about that after news at seven. Uh, strangely enough, in the expressed day, uh, Moni Gilmore is reviewing the X Factors uh, 10 hopefuls. And after Simon rounded on uh, the poor girl who does the extra factor bit, Connie Huck, and said they all stand a good chance. I thought, no, 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 it's, we, we aren't that stupid in this country. We know what it is. We know it's a contrived programme. We know that they're looking to sell an album. We know that they're going to go on tour. And then you won't hear of them ever again. Not one of them have any longevity. And that's what Connie Huck said. She said, which one do you think has got any longevity? And Simon quickly came and said, all of them. And I thought, no, they haven't. They'll have an album out. You don't think that little boy band, One Direction, First Direction, Anybody's Direction, uh, actually have a career ahead of them? Of course they don't. They'll have an album. Well, there'll be a single, a tour, an album, and then it'll finish. Like most of the things that Simon does, they're, they're done instantly. I've, I've lost track of the amount of, of people off the... We, we've waited ages for Shane, three years. Joe McKeldry, you waited over a year before they brought out a lame single... And that's that. You, that. That'll be it for Joe. They're not going to waste any more money. Ollie Murs, I think he'll have two hit singles. The third one is the, is the Crunch single. I said last week, it's normally that third one. If the third one isn't up to scratch, out. Look at Stacey Solomon. Disappeared completely. Having to probably do a reality show. They might send her out to the jungle. Singing career finished completely. 
And what these people don't realise is that they've wasted time in their life where they could be learning how to stack shelves and put soup in lines, whereas they, they've wasted it thinking that they're going to be very famous. The, the amount of people who actually end up having a long career, you can count on, you know, one hand. There'll be one. One person who might last. I'm trying to think, out of all the people on X Factor, who is still going? Is there anybody who is still going? I mean, Will, Will Young was... He wasn't X Factor, was he? Or was he X Factor in the early days? I've lost... He was pop stars. But I, I can't think of anybody from the X Factor, pop art, But anybody from the X Factor, anybody tell me who has actually had, had the longevity? Nobody. And what, what makes, amazes me is that Cheryl is supposed to be a mentor. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, the whole thing is just pants, but it's cleverly put together pants. So Cheryl is there as a mentor. Then she goes off to America. And I'm thinking, you're going there to launch a music career. Her new single I do like, and the video. But what I'm thinking is, without the mighty machine of the X Factor, and it is make no mistake, a mighty machine that gets publicity, and her album is number one, without that in America, she could sink without trace. And that will be the... Uh, and then she'll have to come back and then probably do a reality show. If anybody needs convincing that the show is, uh, is not as it should be, watch a recording of Katie Wasel's performance. Uh, Katie messed up the lyrics, dropped to the ground at 2 minutes 35 seconds, says Sylvia, and said, you know what? And then she, she swore. And... Uh, uh, normally, there would have been an apology, but nothing was said. No comment about her messing up the lyrics. Then Cheryl decides she's not going to choose between the two girls when she knows full well she could end up having to do that. No comment from Simon at all. Of course, because it's contrived. It's a contrived programme. That's how it, it works. And it, and it works very, very well. Gary says, had a great weekend. Saturday, did my first charity 10-kilometre run at RHS Gardens in Wisley for the Prince's uh, Trust. And on Sunday, oh, you did that run, the 10-kilometre the run at Loosely for Chase, which is, does the hospice care for children. Fantastic job. Well done for Claire, too, for doing really well on Sunday's run. So good luck for everybody who, who, who did that. It's not easy, is it? I mean, I, I would love to do some of these runs, but, you know, to be honest with you, it seems pointless. It seems pointless. Uh, reading uh, Mernie Gilmore... She talks about the, uh, the people in The X Factor, and then she talks about the, uh, the Simon argument about the kids in America. Because no matter what they tell you, those boys were miming. When they did the chorus, they mimed. Because they were walking round, and they, they're not fit. And as Madonna will tell you, and Elton will tell you, and anybody who's been in the business who has longevity and a career in it, to get fit before doing any concert or anything, Madonna went out jogging to make sure that she was at the peak of fitness. And even she couldn't manage a whole concert singing everything live. Some of it, you know, if you're doing dancing, it's not possible. So when these boys went into the... And they, they did their little bit of Kids in America, they all did one line, flat as pancakes, because they can't sing. Then they went into the chorus, and miraculously, they were all in tune. It was, it was like listening to somebody completely different. It could have been anybody. It could have been Westlife singing the thing, as far as I was concerned. So that, that I thought, was, was cheating a bit. What I would love to do, and we did do it once on Five's Company, years and years ago. I don't think it's up on the internet. I'll try and see if we've got a copy somewhere. And it was a boy band we had on, a little Irish boy band. And the manager came in, and all these little boy bands have a rehearsed song. So if anybody says, can you actually sing, they go into their little, little routine. This particular boy band started doing their song. And the idea was that they would fade down the uh, microphones at the end so they could do their last boom, and that would be their last line. Unfortunately, the engineers on this particular show hadn't rehearsed with them and put their mics up during it, and they were singing along to their own track, Flat as Pancakes. It was really embarrassing, proving 99.9% .9 of these boy and girl bands can't sing for toffee. They certainly can't harmonise. 
They certainly can't harmonise. There's a girl in the paper today. She goes out. Now, you, you, you might think differently about this. And she's six years old, and she goes into a shop with her mum, and she buys some Christmas crackers. And she puts them on the counter, and the woman says, I'm not selling you those. You're six. Well, she asked her how old she was. I mean, quite clearly you have to ask. I don't know. Because you're not allowed to sell crackers to anybody under the age of, I think, 17. Why? Because they've got explosives in them. That cracker thing in the middle is classed as an explosive. And I think you've got to be 16 or... So, of course, the mum does the usual thing. Oh, I know, why can't my girl buy crackers? Kind of thing, you know. I mean, anybody, you know, would know that you can't buy crackers because of the explosive. They didn't have the explosive in there. Then you could buy them, but unfortunately they've got an explosive in there, so if you're six years old, you can't buy them. I'm sure that some parents just take their, their kids out to see if they can get themselves in the paper. The other thing is, which is probably going to worry a lot of you this morning, snoring. Come on, hands up. There was a picture of Anne Widdicombe on the Strictly Come Dancing having a little rest. I reckon she snores like an elephant. I've just got this feeling. The things that make you snore, and no matter what anybody tells you when they go, oh, th- there was a thing that came out a while ago, and it was an injection, I believe, which you could have to stop your palate vibrating. And that was about the only thing. It, it's, it's driven people apart. You snore because you're either a heavy smoker, overweight, or you've got bad sinuses, or you drink. Any of those mean that you snore. So my advice is cut all of those, because snoring can really ruin a marriage. Millions of couples sleep apart because of snoring. News headlines, Sam Pittis. The government is publishing its new business plans, with the Prime Minister setting out moves away from target chasing to focus on making departments more accountable to the public. The Qantas fleet of A380 super jumbos will remain grounded for a few more days after engineers found some oil deposits in... And have your say this morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. 6.20 is the time. So now we've kicked out, well, you have Jimmy Mystery from Strictly Come Dancing. Who next for the chop? I think they're all doing quite well. I mean, most of them, 90% of them, 99%, are putting in the effort. Poor old emotional wreck Mary Byrne is going home to rest after being brought to breaking point. Oh, it's so tough, isn't it, being on television now? You have to go on there and sing. But never mind, Mary, you're way out your depth. There's no career for you. Back to the checkout. You know, and just sing to people on the checkout, which is fine. Uh, also... Polly Hudson points out in the mirror today, she wants to know whether Louis Walsh has actually dyed his hair or bleached his face. Because <laughs> either way, it's looking a bit odd. And I wish he'd just leave himself alone, accept the fact that he's old, and just go with it. You know, learn to like the facial there. And she says, I've decided the more people tell the maniacs voting for Wagner to stop, the more they vote for him. So carry on, please. I mean, this man is in the paper today. Apparently, he used to walk around his local swimming pool in a mankini. Look, there you go. Look who's on the television. Have you seen? Have you seen? Look, there's the man that we saw at the checkout at Los Angeles. And I said, it's Dr Hillary. And she went, I don't think it is, because she doesn't know any celebrities at all. She said, I don't think it is, Dr Hillary. I said, well, I think you're fine, it is, babe. And she went, I don't think it is at all. Because she, she's, sort of, she's, she's quite posh in a sort of, like, sort of, you know, let's have a cup of tea kind of moment. <laughs> at the Dorchester. Uh, other stories of the papers today. Uh, they're talking about the poppies, and I can't impress on you enough to go and buy a poppy today. Uh, I'm trying to find this other piece of it. Do you know, I must be the only person who is left completely nonplussed by Katy Perry and Russell Brand. I couldn't care less about them. I really couldn't. Two empty vessels, just, just of no interest to me whatsoever, I'm afraid. I, I just, I don't know why. I'm sure they're really nice. There's a South African village here, 
800 Afrikaners clinging to an all-white culture, echoing the repressive past. Apartheid's the last stand. There's a woman here who's, uh, unfortunately, a junkie who put her baby in the washing machine. I mean, you do... I mean, how do these people get pregnant? I suppose the usual way, but you do worry about it. Uh, there's also... Uh, a contortionist. Do you know, I've always wanted to be a contortionist. I don't know why. I was always quite jealous of people who could bend over and touch their own toes. And, and I've, I've seen people do that before. I can't touch my toes, no. Well, of course you can touch your toes, because you're nearer the ground than the rest of us. Yeah, well, we can all do that. I can do that. That could be not touching the ground at all. I, I, well, I, I can if I put my mind to it. I can do the splits. <laughs> not, a, not the best thing to do first thing in the morning at all, I'm afraid. Uh, spooks this week. You know, I've never seen Spooks either. It's so little. But there's a couple on the television and there's a bit of a, bit of a furor going on on quiz shows. Now, I do like watching quiz shows. And this is a Davina McCall quiz show blunder, which, say angry fans, cost a couple £325,000. Because sometimes you hear an answer and you think, oh... Because when we were in Hollywood, there was a man doing a question. You could get free admission to Madame Tussauds if you could tell him which country... Who was that woman who was married to Tom Cruise? Nicole Kidman came from and was born in... Well, of course, I thought Australia. And then halfway, he went, and of course, if you think it's Australia, you're wrong. So I thought, I thought she was Australian. I had no idea. But she's American, is she? Oh, right. But there's... there's a, oh, right. Either America or UK. But there's a couple here... Uh, the Channel 4 million pound drop answer was ruled incorrect, but the question on the longest serving Doctor Who has got even sci fi experts battled, baffled. Contestants get a million pounds to gamble on eight questions, and on Friday night's show, husband and wife Johnny and Dee had to choose from Sylvester McCoy, Paul McGann, Christopher Eccleston, and David Tennant. Undecided. They split their remaining £650,000 between the first two, but were left with nothing, as Davina told them, Tennant was correct. He played the Tenth Doctor from 2005 to 2009. Sci-fi fans claim it's McCoy, Time Lord from 87 to 89, and in a 96 film with no one in between. Anthony Weiner of the Doctor Who Appreciation Society says there are different ways to interpret it. You see, now that's the problem. Where there are different interpretations, you're not really sure which answer you're going for. So in other words, if you go for one, they can say, well, actually, it was this one. Because if you're going to give away a million quid on the tape, you're going to kind of make it difficult. It's not going to be, not going to be as easy as some of these celebrity and Robinson programmes where they sort of go, you know, and, and here you are, and they, she has to ask them who they are because nobody knows. Channel 4 say the producers are investigating. Because it's a lot of money to lose, isn't it? 325000 when you think you know the answer, and then they go, well, actually... It wasn't. And you go, well, I'm pretty certain it was. So uh, we'll, we'll watch that one with, uh, with great interest. More on Joan Pritchard's fridge, still going in 74 years, but as the producer says, you know, I mean, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, otherwise known as Miss Tightlength. You know, I'm not going to spend any money on a fridge. I, will, I mean, I, I buy fridges quite regularly. I've, I've, yes, I, I love buying fridges. I put them in the garden just to prove to the neighbours just how rich I am. I've got a fridge in the garden with the old sofa and everything else and the dog on the lead. There's a story about a former member of the Bay City Rollers who was beaten up by a thug days after getting out of hospital. This is Pat McGlynn. And so, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, Bay City Rollers, Pat McGlynn. I don't remember Pat McGlynn in the Bay City Rollers. I remember... Faulkner, I remember Les McEwen, I remember the uh, the two brothers as well. 
Longmuir's, but I don't remember Pat McGlynn. It turned out Pat McGlynn came in, I think in about 79, for about two months, and then left the group saying he was treated like a slave, because the Bay City Rollers, contrary to what you might think, were a group who were assembled. They were put together by well-known homosexual Tam Payton, who went to prison for his uh, shenanigans with boys, uh, and subsequently died a few a few years back now. And he, he put them together. Their first record, Keep On Dancing, they never featured on. But they went on to be so successful. And it was half-mast trousers uh, with tartan and tartan scarves. It was, it was almost like the Bross fans. Each, each group, as it came along, from the Bay City Rollers with their Shangalang programme to the Osmonds to uh, Bross and all these other groups, take that. They all have fans out there. Script. The girls just move along from group to group. At the moment, they're standing outside the X Factor house to scream at you know, one direction or first direction or anybody's direction, where they're standing going, love you, love you. They don't really. They just go there because they're like sheep. They all sort of get herded around and, and they follow the groups around and they're very loyal to them for the time being. The moment they, they disappear, they move on to another group. So the Bay City Rollers were absolutely huge. Absolutely huge from, you know, Keep On Dancing, the first single, then through Shangela. I mean, I used to watch the programmes on the television. Couldn't understand a word they were saying. Not a word. Let me, I'll show you. And it was not a, not a clue. I had no idea. But they were absolutely huge. And then the other day, somebody, in fact, no, it was this morning, Christo was talking about TV programmes, and one of them was The Tomorrow People. And I remember thinking, The Tomorrow People. It's out, some of the episodes are out on DVD. And it features a guy called Mike Holloway. Mike Holloway was a very, very pretty boy from Dagenham who went on to sort of feature in shows and everything else. But he's incredibly private. He's married and he's got, I think, 300 children or something like that. Gross exaggeration. But I know that he, uh, he worked for a friend of mine and he said he's, he's quite difficult, but he's very pretty. His daughter, I think, is now old enough to be going into Hollyoaks and there's a website devoted to Mike Holloway. So I clicked onto it this morning, just to have a look. And they said, you know, this is a fan site for Mike Holloway. Um, we will not answer any questions about family or home life because he's very private. And I thought, it's kind of a tough business to be in if you're very, very private. But I was always curious to know. He always did pantomime. But I'd love to know what he does the rest of the time. Because Mike Holloway was one of those... He was in a group as well called Flintlock. And some of you may remember them. I... years. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 7, so don't forget, tonight is the night that Jack departs Coronation Street. It's going to be very moving. Bit of Matt Mumro and Vera coming back, and uh, going to be not a dry eye in the house. If you want to relive it before you get there, don't forget to download the podcast uh, of Bill, uh, which ran over this weekend together with Mervyn Conn. In fact, if you go to lbc.co.uk, not only... Uh, can you uh, catch up with all the podcasts, put all the other things on there? But you can find out some of the goodies that we've got for Help a London Child, which are going to be on offer all this week on LBC, and you'll have a chance to bid for them. So it'd be quite nice if you sort of got a bit of spec. Maybe you won the lottery, and you're thinking, perhaps I could give that to a good cause, and then I could... And I could have sort of breakfast with Nick, or I could go to the zoo. In fact, you could do all of them. Uh, or I could have tea with Steve at Claridge's and one other person. The four of you can go, and I, I take somebody as well. I think for security purposes, because there might be a lot of touching. Cheaper than a trip to Lourdes, I've always thought. Uh, Lenny's only just found out that Stacey Solomon is going on to I'm a Celebrity. Well, nobody's confirmed yet. Which airline they were flying with, I'm not sure. I'm hoping not Qantas at the moment. Because, you know, until they've checked all the aeroplanes. But they're going out to Australia, and they'll be flying out on 
Sunday, or do they fly Saturday? I'll have to check on that for you. But they'll be flying out this week, so all the names that were bandied around of all the people, will it be Linford Christie? Will it be dreary old Lempit Opic, you know, who's not working at all at the moment, or ever likely to again? Will it be Stacey Solomon, you know? Will it be, you know, will she be as stupid in the jungle as she is in real life? And uh, how nice that you can, you know, being a single mother, just dump the kid on somebody else and go off because you're a celebrity now. So, all of that... We will find out uh, later on in the week. So you've got Coronation Street tonight. They're going to drag it out, 7.30 and 8.30. So presumably, and it, it will be good, but do, do check out the podcast of Billy. Really, really nice. He's got a book out as well at the moment. Uh, on Celebrity Coach Trip, you've got uh, a load of people on there, including the Chuckle Brothers. We, we, we've raved over Coach Trip before. Although in, in recent months and years, they've uh, started... They've started putting people on there who are just stupid and annoying. People who are foul-mouthed and just disgusting. And they've put them on there in a hope of, of building up some kind of sort of aggression, which is a great shame. But you do have Ben and Rafe. Uh, Rafe, of course, was on The Apprentice, a failure. And Ben was on Big Brother, a failure. And uh, so two failures together, but they're very close. And uh, they're, they're sort of the two little posh boys. But frankly, not really a lot going on. But it will be funny because they think they're the most famous people on the coach trip because it's already been filmed. So you'll have to suffer with that. Uh, Jan in Shooter's Hill says, where do you get your energy from? Two cups of tea, three, three Smarties and a coffee. Uh, Brian says a caravan towed by a Bentley would not be a good look. Do you know, strange enough, I think it would be a good look. I think that would be a good look. I'm not really sure I'm going to have a tow bar fitted. I don't think... Pete and, and all the boys down are going to be sort of going for a tow bar, I'm afraid. Tony says, have a great day. Love listening to the programme. Leona's the only one who's made it big out of X Factor. Yeah, but even she's not that big. What was... Name, name Leona's last hit single. Thank you. I'll rest my case. Um, uh, and uh, Rod says, uh, I think that she has um, longevity, Leona Lewis. I think she's the best single to come out of this now joke of a programme. It gets the biggest audiences. It doesn't matter. It does get the biggest audiences. And I've spoken to producers before who've said the lighting on it is sensational. Jonathan Levi went down. They said the lighting is just fantastic. It's so beautifully put together. They've got a lighting person, a sound. It's just, it's just wonderful. It is just wonderful. Um, Michael says, my ex-boyfriend had a really loud snore, made an appointment with a specialist... He was given a Botox injection in the back of his throat, needed topping up every three months. Now, they did this. They mentioned this in the Mail on Sunday, because I mentioned it on the programme. We got more people writing in, because if there's one thing that worries you more, it's snoring. And also, it's very dangerous to snore, because some people snore really, really badly. And, you know, if, if, you, if you live with a snorer, you're constantly either, you know, remember the old tennis ball in the back of their pyjamas? Well, I never wore pyjamas. You know, or failing that, you know, a, a packet of peas or something. Anything to keep somebody changing their their shape in bed. So you lie on your left, lie on the right, lie on your back, lie on your tummy and all that kind of stuff. And then they said you can get this injection which paralyses your palate because it's your palate vibrating at the back. And then I heard no more about it. And apparently it was only something like a £12.50 injection because I've known people spend a fortune on, on, on snoring because it absolutely, you know, the, the best thing for snoring, separate bedrooms. Separate bedroom. I know it's not necessary, but you get to a certain age, don't you? And it's quite nice to have a separate bedroom. You know, just you and Teddy and a couple of other stuffed toys. You know, and then the old man or the old woman in the other room. And then you meet up at breakfast. That's fine. Worked quite well for the royal family. Uh, Lynn says, had a look at the new photos. Nice to see Teddy went with you. Oh, you saw that picture? Yeah, that wasn't... I didn't have... That's her Teddy in her room. The grey striped shirt looked really good. One of your new silk shirts? I don't know. I can't remember what I was wearing half the time, actually. 
grey striped shirts. I don't know. Could be. Could be. Probably quite nice. But th- there's extra photos on. Extra photos on lbc.co.uk. Carl says, Alexandra Burke could be the longevity front-runner. Pretty much the full package. Leona Lewis, I can see, doing a stint in Las Vegas. Can you? I don't. I've been to Vegas, you know, only, as you know, just a few weeks ago. And looking at the, the standard, mind you, if they put Matt Goss on, they could probably stick her on as well. Matt Goss, who now wants to play the Sydney Opera House. Somebody's obviously got faith somewhere along the line. Uh, so, 84850, steve at Nick Ferrari and team with you after the news at seven. Launching Help a London Child. And on the LBC website, there's all those nice, nice pictures of, uh, of us abroad. 84850, uh, I'll tell you what I did by the other day. I've, I, I, I did mention I got a bit carried away and bought some DVDs. But they weren't just DVDs, they were Blu-ray. And one of them in particular is... Was it Yellowstone Park? Was it Yellow, Yellowstone Park? It's got Old Faithful, isn't it? And, and it's because six months of the year, Yellowstone Park is iced in. It's, it's got its own eco-climate, and they have snow so bad. And they, they were doing these things. And every time they do a programme about snow, they, they do a programme where the wolves do really well in the winter because they're actually geared for it, whereas some of the, the, uh, the bison out there and everything else traipse through the snow. And one, one poor bison completely missed his way and ended up in the middle of nowhere. And they've got elk and all these other things which try and get away from the wolves, who hunt as a pack. 20 or 30 of them. And you look at these poor... And you think, can't the cameraman do something and save them? And they go, no, they, they can't touch any of them. And the wolves hang around. All the babies are born at this particular time of year. So the wolves have their young, so they're feeding them. And it's like a never-ending circle. But if you look at Yellowstone Park and you look at this, it's just stunning scenery. I bought two. I bought that one and I bought the Grand Canyon, which is great. So I wanted to take, take the producer over to, uh, to the Grand Canyon... You know, maybe in another life. And uh, I was just going to show her, just leave her in the middle there. Okay, bye. Because it's, like, huge. And it's it's just unbelievable. You look at it and you just cannot believe that it's this vast place. It just goes for hundreds and hundreds of miles and it's really impressive. And she'd like that. She was impressed by Hollywood, so she'll go anywhere, really. And and I, and I was buying these, and I was watching these on Blu-ray, thinking, my God, we've got some great places in the world. But looking at Yellowstone Park, and it's got 10,000 geezers in it, or geysers, as they call them. Geysers. You know, these, all of a sudden you get a... And they say, it could erupt tomorrow, because the whole thing is a giant volcano. If, if it erupted, it would take out half of America. The fallout would be half of America vanishes, as simply as... And just think how crowded we'd become after that one. And uh, they said it would be a thousand times bigger than Mount St. Helens if it erupted. And they say it could erupt tomorrow, or it could erupt in a million years. They don't know. They do monitor, and they do... Oh, my, the computer's frozen up some reason. It's not doing uh, anything here at the moment, which is a shame. I'm not leaning on anything, no. Not leaning on anything at all. Oh, never mind. I'm sort of come back uh, later in life. Um, and so I was, I was watching this thinking, you know, honestly, I'm so glad we've got television. You can watch all these great documentaries and you can see this great set. And you'd never better watch it. And not, all the time I kept thinking about the poor cameraman who must have been frozen to death. They're out there. And then they had a documentary on the making of the documentary, which, which goes to prove just how, how fantastic it is out there. Uh, Wayne Rooney was apparently stunned, has been stunned, if only, uh, after Colleen wrecked his uh, hopes. She's actually said, uh, not a second child. That's what they say now. They'll end up having it. You watch that. They'll end up having a second child. They'll have to. They've got all that money. I don't, I, I don't know why she'd be holding out. She's decided to stay with him. Uh, Katie Wasel, the X Factor diva, 
apparently got wasted on booze backstage and launched into a drunken rant. Yeah, but it gets her in the papers. And the reason she's in the papers, that, that will sell albums. All, all the disgusting people that you hate turn up on reality shows. All the people you go, oh, they're vile, and then they, they become celebrities. You know, if, if people like Jodie Marsh can actually get reality shows on the television, you know how, how base this country must have become. And there's, you know, people who have affairs with footballers. There's the one who had the affair with Wayne Rooney, the, uh, the £1,200 one-night stand. Very shortly, she'll be on television. She'll be asked what it's like to sleep with a footballer. And then, then she'll be on a reality show, and the next thing is she'll be a celebrity. Trouble is, I've looked round this building, there's nobody I'm interested in. I mean, there's really not. I've had a good look round a couple of people upstairs. A couple of people. I don't want to make a big deal about it. You know, I don't want to do names or anything like that. You know, we're not actually buying curtains or nothing like that. I'm just sort of, just sort of interested in a, in a strange way. And I turned on the television the other day, and one of the miners, um, who was, who was down underground in, in Chile, turns up on a chat show because he was the one singing the Elvis songs. I thought they were all doing it together. Quite clearly not. Obviously, a few of them have gone, oh, listen, I'm going to strike out by myself. Uh, and there's also a Chilean miner who had jogged miles underground whilst waiting to be uh, rescued, took part in the New York Marathon yesterday. I think this is uh, Edison. I don't know if, if Edison was the one who turned up on all the chat shows, but he's now a celebrity over there. So, in other words, if you get trapped in a mine and you jog and you sing Elvis songs, you're going to be a celebrity. I'm going to start singing Elvis songs because I want to be a celebrity. I've decided at the age of 39, I want to be a celebrity now. And uh, 38, sorry, at the age of 38, I want to be a celebrity. But I am really 39. I'm just, I've got to knock a year off because that's what people in, in celebrity land do. They always knock a year off. And in my case, I've knocked a year off. Well, I mean, I mean hopefully, I, will, I don't know when I'll get to 40. Probably never, actually. I'll probably just keep knocking a year off. But I'm a celebrity. Get me a beer out of here because Ant and Deck have faced a dry time after upsetting their local drinking buddies. I like Ant and Deck. I think they're ideal for doing that. They were rubbish at the Likely Lads and rubbish for the other things. But on I'm a Celebrity, it works. But we've not seen them for ages on the television. For ages and ages, we've not seen them. Now we're going to see them back on there. But I'm more interested in who are the third-rate naffos who they've picked to fly out there. I wonder who they're going to send. Perhaps it could be Peter Andre. No, 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 it couldn't be Peter Andre. But uh, is it going to be? Well, I mean, he, he wouldn't mind. He's, he's desperate to do anything. So I wonder who, who we can send out there. Will it be Stacey Solomon? Will it be Gail Dreary Porter? Will it, it's the same people who aren't doing anything. They go, would you like to earn some money? Yeah, what is it? It means you're going to go out in the jungle and eat bugs. That's right. And you think, why would you want to do that? And the answer is, because they're desperate. And that's the sad thing. Ferrari and have your say this morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. It's 11 minutes to 7. Birthday today to a lady in Tunbridge called Pat Young. Uh, one of my greatest fans, apparently. And she's coming to the show on the 4th of December. Well, I'm hoping Anthony Davis is coming to the show on the 4th of December as well. Not looking very promising, is it, poor soul? And uh, you may remember the name. She's a lady who had a long seven-month fight for life after a hospital blunder. And we did a, a dedication for all the family about two years ago. If you do manage to include her in the show, wish her a very happy birthday from all the family. And uh, that's from Tom, who's Pat's husband, and uh, Natalie, son-in-law Sheldon. And lastly, tell her that we're very proud of the way she's got through everything. OK, we look forward, Pat, to seeing you on the 4th. Uh, Many happy returns of the day. Have a, a very nice... Na- you'll be swamped. Actually, it's a bit early in the morning for getting, Chris- for getting Christmas cards, for getting birthday cards, but you get the family ones. And then when the postman comes past it, you get more cards. Which is lovely, isn't it? I quite like that idea. Uh, Mike Holloway was also in a Minder episode called A Star Is Gone and Flintlock 
were on a, a weekly kids' show in the 70s, featuring a very young Pauline Quirk, says Carl. Absolutely. Flintlock, I mean, I, I remember, because I interviewed them, they had an album. They were, they were sort of a forerunner of a boy band. And as far as I know, Mike uh, has released an album. I remember reading on the, uh, the website, and I think somewhere on there it said something about Mike has got uh, an album. Uh, Jan says, looking at your Santa Monica photos, I reckon you're six foot tall. Six foot three. And, uh, yeah, not really. I'm apparently about five foot ten. I'm quite disappointed because I'm 1.8 metres and I think that means I'm about five foot ten. And, and I was terribly, because I was convinced I was six foot. I was convinced I was tall and beanpole-like, you know, a bit sort of skinny and all that kind of thing, as opposed to looking more like a Toby jug, I'm afraid, or a sugar bowl if I stick my hands in my pockets. So, uh, big love to Sister Julia as well. Um, another one here. Michael in Canary Wharf says that this Rooney hating has gone too far. I'm outside Old Trafford and there's a guy burning small effigies of Rooney and selling them to fans. Oh, hang on a sec. It's a baked potato stand. It's an old one, but it's a goodie. It's a goodie. Uh, Maria says, I'm disgusted that Cheryl, who refused to choose between her two acts, we all have to make difficult decisions. The only difference is she gets paid millions to do it. Probably does, actually, in the long run. I mean, I I think eventually the public are going to turn against... They liked her to start with and then they... And they went off her, and I think they've actually gone off Cheryl at the moment. I just think they're, they're sort of there and then and they're not there, which is rather a shame. Nice picture of Peter Andre with one of the children again. This is Princess Tia Me. <laughs> not a lot I can say, I'm afraid. Here's this six-year-old girl called Tia Rose. <laughs> Sounds like Tia Maria, doesn't it, really? But she was shopping with her mum, handed over a packet of crackers. Why on earth you would want a six-year-old buying crackers? I've got no idea. But she went to uh, a store in Stowmarket. Uh, Tia's mother says uh, she loves pulling crackers on Christmas Day and she's never managed to blow herself up yet. Well, good for you, dear. Are they stupid? The further up the country, do they become more stupid or not? I mean, there's a thing on the box saying they've got an explosive in there. You can do what you like at home, love, but you're not buying them. You know, it, it's been the law. You know, I mean, what, you know, she, she, she's managed to drive the car up and down our private road. Should we let her go on the motorway? Kind of thing. No. Apparently, Tia Rose, oh, stupid name, was very upset when the woman said she can't buy them. She's six. I'm sorry, love, you're going to have to be upset. Oh, my crap. Well, you can't. I was at London Zoo yesterday and there was a man saying to his daughter, he said, she, said, oh, what? she was only about five. I want that. And he said, you can't have it. Ooh. And we had the whole crying bit. Ooh, want that. He said, you're not having it. Ooh. He said, if you want it, you can buy it with your own money. I looked at her I thought, she's five. What, what money has she got? Have they got little purses now? And of course they have, because my six-year-old's got a little purse. Danielle's got a little purse and she's got money in. And her mum says the same. You know, if you want that, you can buy it. And she bought something the other day. We went to this craft fair at Brentwood and she bought these elastic bands, which all the kids put on their wrists, but they're all different shapes. And she's got animals and everything else. And you buy, and they were three, three pound ninety nine for a packet of elastic bands, which must cost like threepence. And so she bought this, this packet, because she said, can I have those? And her mum says, well, you can't, you'll have to buy them. You know, you can buy, buy, you've got your own money. So she gets a little purse out, she counts out four pounds. But the man didn't have a penny, so he gave a tuppence change. We had to be grateful for this. She got them for £3.98. Whoopee-doo. It's an elastic band. You know, years ago, we had elastic bands at school. We didn't get excited about putting them on our wrist. But have you noticed, everywhere you go now, people have got elastic bands on their wrists, or they've got bracelets, or perhaps it's Indian culture. You know, as in, woo, 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 Indian, as opposed to, you know, anything else. And people put these beads on, and then round their neck they've got... Mo- I don't have any jewellery like that. I'm going to start, though. 
I've decided. I think it's the way forward. I think the way forward is like... You can make something, can you? I don't want anything you've made. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, probably anthrax in it or something. No, I'd rather buy something from a shop by people who know how to make proper jewellery. I don't want any of this homemade stuff you've seen on QVC. Anything like that. But I, I just quite fancy wearing... But then I think every morning... You've got to get up, and then you have a shower, and, you know, I do my hair, and I gel it up, and all the rest of it, and I, I do so. And and then, you, then you've got to start putting your beads on, and then the thing around your neck. It's bad enough trying to remember to put the pass around my neck. Without having to try to remember the beads and all the other stuff. It's just ridiculous nowadays, isn't it? But, but people have got loads of this stuff. Nick Ferrari this morning, after the news at seven. In five minutes' time, we're talking to Marguerite Taylor, an ambassador for Help a London Child, and a classic FM presenter. And uh, they'll be unveiling... The Help London Child Auction, which is going to run all this week on LBC, culminating on Friday with your chance to bid for afternoon tea at Claridge's with me and somebody else. So you can take four people and, uh, and me and, uh, and a friend will be coming as well. And then we'll have champagne and uh, a choice of about 300 teas. I haven't decided who I'm going to take yet, actually. I mean, somebody won't be her. And she's already been away on one trip and there's another trip in the, uh, in the offing as well. So I think that's more than enough excitement for one. There's no point in spoiling her. If we take her out to Claridge's, she's going to start expecting this all the time. Oh, we went to Claridge's last year. Can we go to Claridge's this year? No, you can't. So the only time she's ever going to get to go to Claridge's is if she's coming out tea, coffee, sandwiches. You know, I don't mind her doing that. She's going to wear the little outfit, but, I'm, you know, nothing else, I'm afraid. Uh, Gavin has brushed up his, uh, his dancing. Unfortunately, not his personality on Strictly Come Dancing, which is quite good. Uh, Jensen Button. Praised his chauffeur the, under, uh, the other day. He narrowly escaped an ambush by gunmen, one armed with a machine gun. Fantastic, isn't it? The things that can go on. He was in a, a bulletproof Mercedes. He was in Brazil, where apparently these sort of things take place on almost a daily basis. Almost a daily basis. But well done to his driver. That's what you pay these drivers for. Will Kate and William get married next year? Who cares? I couldn't care. First of all, it was this year, then it's next year. And then somebody very unwisely asked Diana's butler... Paul Burrell, who hasn't got the faintest idea of anything that's going on in the royal family now. They ostracised him and got rid of him ages ago. Uh, the Queen's on Facebook. Not really the Queen on Facebook. It's uh, Buckingham Palace. Somebody else is writing. I think Gordon Brown is on Facebook. Everybody's doing Facebook. Am I doing Facebook? No, I'm not. Uh, the uh, Rolling Stones are touring again, combined age, about 3,760. Why they keep touring, I've got no idea. I suppose for the money. Last tour, I think, grossed in excess of £350 million. And now that they've axed um, Ainsley Harriet and Ready Steady Cook, will he be disappearing out to the jungle? We can only hope, can't we, really? Because he's currently promoting Sausage Week, which reminds me of the joke, which we can't repeat on this programme because it's a family show and it was an instruction on the packet. But uh, anyway, that's it. I'm back tomorrow. Don't forget to keep tuned to LBC all this week to find out more about Help a London Child and some of the great prizes that we've got. They're on the LBC website. You can go on there to see more photos of us in Los Angeles. A couple of the producers' room. For some reason, she's obviously angling to get another room at this hotel. So I've never seen so many pictures of a hotel room with a breakfast tray and all the rest of it, whereas I just had it left outside the door. And uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. So if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, find out all the information. Nick and team with you after seven. Join us tomorrow. First of all, the business update.